0: Welcome back to Brain Ablaze, a podcast about epilepsy, by epileptics, for epileptics, and our caretakers. I'm your host, David Clifford. In this episode, I'll give some tips to the people living with intractable epilepsy concerning how to continue to function under the duress of ongoing seizures. If you're new to Brain Delays, I just want to state that I'm not a medical expert. I'm just someone that has struggled with ins and outs of epilepsy for almost three decades. I'm a bit worried about this episode. Not about the content, of course, but his ability to actually reach an audience. There seems to be an overabundance of media dedicated to the 70% of us who can control their seizures through medication, while 30% of us with intractable epilepsy continue on to have little to no practical feedback. There has to be a reason for that, right? Maybe there's just not enough of us out there. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Everyone I've ever talked to says that to maintain your health, you got to stop every once in a while. While I'm sure that advice works for some, I can honestly say I've had my life suspended far too often and too long by unsuspected seizures. When a seizure hits any of us, it has a tendency to press a pause button on our lives. Not only ruining immediate plans like get-togethers or vacations, but medium-term goals as it takes a few days to recuperate and rewire. Long-term goals like careers and relationships are also affected as we once again visit our neurologist. And perform scans, and then stressfully wait for the results. If your seizures hit once a year, this pause in your life is absolutely terrifying. You think your life is going one way, and then it ultimately swerves. I can't stop! Ah, ah, Help! In comes a meat wagon. And the medic gets out and says, "Oh my God! New guy's in the corner, puking his guts out." However. What happens when your seizures occur every month or even every week? As you can imagine, when seizures happen very often, like every week for example, it takes a huge amount of effort just to keep one's life together. This is what I call living under the grind. In this one aspect of epilepsy, I actually feel I am an expert, as I've lived under the grind for 27 years. I was helped out of it by having resection surgery in 2017. Now that I am out, I desperately want to let you know that you can still grasp the life you want while under the grind, but it's just going to take that much more time and work to attain it. Before I go on, it's important that I share a little bit about myself. You've heard my whole epilepsy story in episode four of the Brain and Blades Epilepsy Podcast. Just like you, epilepsy is just one aspect of my identity. While living under the grind, I was also a software engineer. I had a successful tech career in both small startups and large companies like Apple, Twitter, Microsoft, PayPal, eBay, and Dell. I'm one of those people who loves what they do. There's nothing better than creating something from scratch or watching someone use what you've created for the very first time. Though I don't think I am great, I did have the chance to work with some of the greatest minds in the tech on some of the most influential products. Like what? The iPad, and Siri, iOS. I was even one of the first third-party Android developers out there. In fact, if you're listening to this on a phone, odds are my code exists on it. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I just want to give you an example of what can be attained while living under the grind and having weekly seizures. So how did I do it? You know, I went to work sick, but I had great support. And here's the advice I've been giving to people with epilepsy for years. First up, have a clear understanding of your goals, their prioritizations, and the limits that you have to attain those goals. That's some ableist bullshit. I can do anything. Hold on. I think everybody should pursue their dreams. If you do, it's even more important to understand the potential weaknesses you have that can possibly hold you back. That way you can focus and overcome them. But sometimes, you just aren't going to be able to. I can't hit an 85 mile an hour curveball. You're right, Joe. I've seen standing ovations, but I don't remember many standing moves. I definitely cannot fly like MJ. Uh, Watch again. Take a tool, Michael. Oh, soaring, leaping, one-handed. Everyone has their limits. What are your goals? Do you want to have a great career? Doctor Evil! I didn't spend six years in Evil Medical School to be called Mr. Thank you very much. Be an awesome spouse? Or an even better parent? I am your father. Really? No, not really. I can't back that up. Right, idiot, yes. What about power? <laughs> No matter who one is, the biggest limitation is time. Just as a short example, with more time, one can make more money. But with more money, we all know that you just don't have enough time to get everything done. Since seizures require that pause to our lives so we can recover, here is where our seizures do the most damage. While under the grind, always be doing something to attain your goals. Don't look at the time required to rest after a seizure as wasted time, but resting up so more can be done later. If you can get something done, do it now. Remember, a seizure can hit at any time. It is better to have a particular task off your plate than to procrastinate only to be caught having to perform the task while also dealing with the after-effects of a seizure. Seizures have the chance to ruin any scheduled event, and odds are, they will. You have to be very clever with your backup plans. If you feel like you've planned everything through, then make even more backup plans to your backup plan. Can you leave an event early so the rest of your family can still enjoy a planned outing? Are you friends with people who can reschedule a morning event to the afternoon? Maintaining all of these backup plans your events seems like it's going to get quickly confusing. It is. The next step is to start removing the work that you do that is relevant to your goals. But I want a social life. If you want a great social life, that is a goal to you, and it should be managed into your schedule just like anything else. It does mean it takes time from other things, though. What I meant was, if there's anything on your plate that can be delegated to someone else, do it. For example, it's going to be hard cooking three fresh meals a day for yourself. Can you team up with another person so you can only cook half the meals that you would normally have to do? What about shopping? Be ruthless with your time management. If it is taking away from your health or your goals, it's just not going to fit in. Remember, some people are at work too. Do you have a friend who runs to you with their problems, but won't let you do that in return? Maybe they don't understand what you're going through, or maybe they just won't be able to help. Or even worse, does one of your friends affect your health by placing their emotional baggage on you? I never suggest to end friendships, but this is your health here. Honestly, sometimes your friends just don't understand how difficult it is to live under the grind. When I've told many of what I'm going through, I lose some. However, the ones that stay are the ones that will stay close forever. Under the grind is when you don't need a lot of friends, but a lot of close friends. Removing mental overload is another key to living under the grind. If one is having a seizure once a week, one is living a life of perpetual physical exhaustion. The stress of trying to keep track of what you are doing, while you are also maintaining what you are supposed to be doing, is often too much for one to handle under the grind. Imagine you're walking home from a nearby neighbor's. Do you think about every step that you take? Of course not. Often, we land at home, after a delightful walk, full of daydreaming. Applying the same techniques to our other aspects of our life can pay off in huge dividends. Quick examples include waking up and going to sleep at the same time each day, When you do wake up, going through the same routine. Don't force your brain to think about restroom, bathing, or grooming. Here's why. After having a seizure, you're gonna be mentally and emotionally and or physically exhausted. Sowing of that regiment now allows you to reap the benefits when you are sick. After you apply this to your life, you'll quickly start to realize just how much of our lives we exist in this regimental mode versus really having to think on our feet. So, what happens? when we have to use that intellect of ours, deliver something unique or useful. Here's the most important advice that I can possibly impart. Under-promise and over-deliver. Whether at home or at work, when I promise to do something, it means I will do everything in my power to get it done. If you can't make that commitment, be upfront. It's better to say no early than to have people who depend on you, completely blindsided when you have a seizure that hits later. While continuously living under the grind, your priorities will change. Your goals will change. Your regiments will change. The idea is not to change too much at a time as will often affect your ability to maintain what little control you have over your seizures. This process of personal reevaluation should be a constant thing that you go back to. We would love to hear any of your comments or questions regarding this or any of our other episodes. You can reach out to us via email at social at brainablaze.com or on Twitter at brainablaze. And if you like this episode, help us out by providing a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your content. One small click really does help. See you next time.